Is the original always the best? Next on Table Talk. Hey, I'm Kyle Gatlin. I'm here with, remind me your name again. I always, Nick Shepard. Yeah, again, I, I hope forget. they haven't always, changed it on me without forget. asking. I always forget. I'm Kyle Gatlin. Nick Shepard. Nick's a, a student minister with us at Covenant. I am the pastor at Covenant. And we are in the midst of a series of discussions about John Wesley and where John Wesley believed the church that he unintentionally started um, should be going, and then the direction they should be going, the doctrines and the teachings. And so uh, we've already looked at two things. Salvation by faith was last week on our podcast. Correct. And then uh, there was a message this past Sunday based on Wesley. And what was that message again? Do you remember? The Almost Christian? The Almost Christian. Thank you. I didn't even Thank listen you. to it yet. Yeah, so, I, at least I, you remember the title. I missed the, I haven't caught the podcast yeah, yet because yeah. we do use Sunday school while preaching happens. Yeah. So so we're, we're trying to take different messages because he, he preached these messages. Then he wanted his pastors to preach these messages as a way of teaching doctrine to the church. Remember, this is in the 1700s. This is this was before a lot of people had access to written words. Uh, so a lot of oral traditions were passed down, and a lot of oral teachings were passed down. Uh, and even though the Gutenberg Bible was there, they were starting to print up stuff, and st- still in the 1700s. Not everybody was reading. Not everybody was uh, was able to have uh, access to. Uh, most people probably would get a Bible if they wanted one, but not everybody could read at that point, too. So um, so there's there's a lot to be said for the early church pastors having knowledge, but also having uh, the the experience to, to talk about doctrine. And Wesley made this readily available by using his sermons to talk about the doctrines of the faith. All right, so all that to say, uh, only going to cover one today. Uh, sermon number 44, I believe, is what Nick had printed out for me when I asked for this a couple of weeks ago. And it's it's called Original Sin. You know, we talk about the originals a lot because, uh, you know, we're talking before we were on the air about a movie called Ocean's Eleven. Well, that was a remake. The original was years ago, black and white. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had no was, idea. There was an original movie long before Clooney and Matt Damon, and Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, yeah. And can't remember who was in it. Might have been Dean Martin and people. Something like, something like might have been the Rat Pack back back in the day. Um, so that's a that's a remake. Um, there's a lot of movies that that the originals were back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and we remake them today and. And and I still, in my heart of hearts, go back to the original Butterfinger. I don't like the new Butterfinger, by the way. I didn't know I, they changed it. Yeah, they changed They changed it. We're yeah. talking about the candy, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm talking about the candy, Butterfinger. I love the original. Not Pat Heldman. That's right. <laughs> so originally, originally loved the, the whatever the formula was for Butterfinger. Uh, I like the original formula. It changed a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't stick to his teeth as much, but I still like the original. It, it's like... Years ago, uh, when they tried New Coke, everybody wanted the original Coke. So the New mm. Coke thing didn't work as well. Everybody liked the original. In this case today, original sin, uh, we, we don't we don't really want want that, but we're stuck with it. 
And so um, my buddy who has been going to a seminary that's not teaching a Wesleyan theology uh, is, may have a little bit different take on this. So we don't know because we're just finding out today uh, where we're going with this. All right, so here's the deal about original skin, sin. Original skin? Original skin. I I still have my original skin, by the way. Do you have your original skin? I don't know. You you have your original skin. You're, There's you're, a ship of Theseus thing with, here. Yeah, you you know that you're supposed to like change your skin out every few years because skin cells repopulate? Actually, I guess we do not have our original skin. I don't know. Because we shed it. You're right. Yeah, That's I, gross. I think I remember that in biology. Biology 101. I think I made a D in that in, in Auburn. But anyway... Um, but I did learn something in that class. I learned the best way to lose weight is the middle of the winter. Open your door and your window to the outside when it's below freezing outside and sleep that way. And that way you'll actually catch pneumonia and lose weight. So literally that's what the guy said. That was that was the professor. He talked about that. Great way to lose weight. Anyway, so back to original sin. Here's what Wesley said in this message, and he's basing this on uh, Genesis 6-5. Six, 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 and God saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was evil only continually. Only is evil only continually. Um, so he was saying here that... Um, Everything that came from humanity, Wesley was saying, everything that came from humanity was evil continually. All right. So when you when you hear that phrase, every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. Um, you know what what does that strike up in in you when you think about that? That's where his sort of a, where he bases this off of this original sin. So it's interesting to me because I, I think I should quote, I should find the reference for this. The Bible talks about humanity as inventors of evil, talks about us as being really good at finding new ways to dishonor God with what we do um, because we think we're original, but, but even then we're not because most sins are just riffs on other main heart problems. When, when somebody is, uh, really passionate about cancel culture on social media and make sure you want to hear it. There's arrogance wrapped up there. There's pride wrapped up there. There's wrath. There's all of these things that we think because we're in this new technological world that we've, that we're so inventive and we are, but like at the end of the day, we're not that original. Um, and the way Wesley describes it is, Hey, there's really no area of your life is untouched by your sin. Most everything you do, everything you say, every way you interact with other people before you have that redeemed will to make the decision yourself, it's all affected by sin. And if it's not affected by your sin, it's affected by somebody else's sin at least. Right. So it's, it's weird to me, you know, no, it's not. It makes sense to me why people don't take the gospel so seriously while they're like, well, my sin's not that important or this, that, or the other. If you don't understand how big of a problem sin is and, and the way the Bible explains it and the way I believe Wesley summarizes, it's a big deal. It's not just, yeah, I threw my sister off a bike when I was seven. It's 
every aspect and avenue of my life is touched by this desire to be God and take his place. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and and then the whole deal with um with with this word or phrase original sin um goes back to a another phrase that is used in the theological uh, realms called total depravity. Mm-hmm. So those those two are sort of mixed and mingled and I, I want to tell you tell you that there is disagreement in the scholarly world right and and then usually the 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 disagreement is about little nuances really correct because because I think that most most theologians most scholars say yes we we sin right there's no perfect person in in that general sense there's no perfect person but but this goes back to when when Wesley was was reading Genesis then then reading Romans 5 for for the, so some of you that look this stuff up that that after this is after the the the, the state of humanity before the flood, uh, that all humans were wicked, not just some or most. And um, do, do you remember what? What well, even think about even post flood was it? Yeah, post flood even when they were trying to look for one good person. Abraham, so you, Abraham okay. and Lot were so even talking about that. So, but so, so you're actually talking about um, Sodom and Gomorrah. It's when yeah, yeah. A- Abraham is trying to go save his nephew. What's yeah, the Lot. Relation? Yes, there's Lot. Lot, no. Lot's living in the city. Lot's not necessarily a righteous person himself, but Abraham's like, "Hey, God, he has this really funny like negotiating scene with God. It's not funny because he's pleading for their lives, but it's hey, find me thirty good people, five good people." Even one good person, I'll spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Eh, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's, and that's after the flood, flood like you said. That's, right. that's after God hit the reset button. So everybody from Noah on doesn't have a connection to that old world, proving it's not a cultural thing. It's something within us. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're Chinese, Tibetan, if you're Russian, if you're uh, British, American, South American, and one of those various countries down there. Your sin is going to express itself somehow. It's not like, oh, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were just such a bad city. It's they were just a very clear example of what's wrong everywhere. Yeah. And and the the idea that some people can't get their 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 mind around, they can't grasp. Wait a second, you're talking about this the two month old, three month old, that 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 child is for lack of a better word, corrupt. That that child is totally depraved. And we go, well, well, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. And you go, there's no way that's an innocent child. Well, wait till that child starts moving around, uh, crawling, um, grabbing things, and understanding what the word no means. And even after hearing the word no, still grabs it. Yep. Even after getting spanked, you know, yes, we still do that in this world today for some people. They still go back and do it. Even after you look them in the face, in the eye, even when they're two and a half years old or almost three years old and say, do not do that. And they do it in your face. Where, where'd that come from? Well, that's, that's the nature. That's the nature we all have. And, and, and again, some people don't don't like to think about that, but 
but it 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 go, goes back to well there was there was a decision made there was Adam, Adam and Eve technically both made the decision although a lot of people blame Eve for that but they were both complicit in this decision ever since that decision that that they made to go against when God said no 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 and they went to do whatever they wanted to do right um, now we are technically in in the words of some of the other theologians uh, we are we are not individually guilty of what another person has done right when you, when you when you think about we think oh, I'm guilty I'm guilty we're gu-. no you're 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 sinful but you're sinful from your own sin you're not you're not guilty from someone else's we're not guilty from our parents sin or our grandparents or anything like that none of us are eternally lost because of inherited guilt and because because that's what we that's what we think about we think about the original sin we're passing it down passing it down passing it down we're not we're not we're not eternally lost because of inherited guilt. We still bear our own responsibility for our sin, but we have this natural propensity to to sin. It's it's and we're just we're just born with it. Such that there is only one human being who has lived without sin, and it was a he was a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, this guy named Jesus. Yep. Um, which even then, like somebody will fire back. Well, Jesus was fully God, fully man. Well, that's kind of what we mean by that fully man thing is Jesus had every opportunity to be sinful. He had every temptation that we did. And that's the book of Hebrews too, but he didn't, right? It, it wasn't his God mode made his God person part made him live on easy mode. He was just as tempted as you and me. That's why that's a big deal and why he is innocent and can go on the cross for us. But the rest of us are sinful. Again, not because God hated Adam's sin that much that he's punishing us all for it, because Adam passed down this, I guess you could almost say this genetic defect that's hitting all of us, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to go into ill thought out metaphors, yeah. but we, it's not that we're blamed for it, but when those symptoms show up in our lives, they're our symptoms. I can't blame my dad for something he passed down that hurt me. It's, well, no, this is my disease now. And now I've got to be careful about how I manage it, what I do about it. Um, and I think it's also really interesting that you bring up that idea a minute ago of like the total depravity thing, because that's one of those buzzwords in like Calvinistic circles, right? But it's really like, if you read the Bible, I don't know of anybody who denies that, hey, we are so messed up that if Jesus doesn't do something about it, we're, we're done. We just have different ways, like you said, of articulating how does free will come into play with us kind of landing on the gospel frees us to be able to choose and ask Jesus to save us, right? And then every step thereafter is him redeeming and changing that within us versus where our brothers and sisters that we may disagree with will say, no, 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 God just like overrides your will in the first place, right? But it still boils down to the same thing of our sin problem is so bad that without Jesus, we're toast. Absolutely hopeless. Yeah, and, and, and the... The theological thing it ha- is always has to do with I say always a lot of times has to do with the idea of that um, the transmission uh, the the corrupt nature 
again, but not the transmission of guilt. And that that's and that's that's sort of the nuances of the discussion of of the scholars in this in this case because uh, it, it goes this all this all goes back to to Augustine. So we're talking about really really a long time ago that this this idea that. Of total depravity, original sin, uh, has has sort of sort of been there. Okay, um, but but w- but what Wesley has has done, and which um, which helps, I guess it helps a little bit to for for some of us understand is his his idea of prevenient grace, the grace that goes before, um, and that's that's where Wesley differentiates a little bit from the other people. Um, that's talking about original sin or total depravity, he says, so um, by utilizing the idea of provenient grace, um, Wesley gets away from that, that predeterminism thing. Exactly. That, 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 you, that you, would, you had referenced uh, or alluded to earlier. Okay. Um, so if, and, and to, to put it the opposite, you know, if you did not have provenient grace, then total depravity would mean that we would never respond to the invitation to repent and receive Christ, right? Exactly. Unless it was predetermined that we were. And then we're having, so, and and then we are so yeah. in the weeds <laughs> yeah. with people who are as as Christian as we are who disagree with us that yeah. nobody outside of the church cares. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> so that's why that's why Wesley's uh, the prevenient grace really. I hate to use the word "worked well," but it it, it sort of he- helps for us in our th- in our theological understanding, our thinking of God, believing about God, helps understand. Yes, we are corrupt in nature, but because because of God's grace, then then we have the capability to respond to God's saving love. To so. he pulls our head out of the mud so that we can look at him and say, "All right, I need some help. Can you get me out of this?" Versus, I mean, just, just keeping with the same metaphor, we're knocked out in the mud, and God just grabs us and takes us home. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and and it's kind of funny when we're in the realm of such baseline theology, just in terms of yes, we're sinful. The gospel is necessary. It's kind of easy to lose some practical stuff here, but if we really run this idea down, we realize like, oh, hey, when the Bible says I'm not impressive. I'm really not. <laughs> when the Bible talks about how I have nothing to offer God that he wants, I don't. Because as Wesley lines out, every thought, affection, design, and action flows from the human heart, and the human heart is the seat of our sin nature. Yeah. There's nothing I do that makes that God could look at me and say, huh, I want him on my team. No, I'm a moron. Any gifting I do have is something that God's put in me. So what I'm getting yeah. to is like this theology is practical if you do the pivot to realize like, no, I, I really have nothing to boast about or be proud about or to lord over you. Yeah, there's, there's, I can't remember the song, but we sing it regularly. There's a theological incorrect song that is theologically incorrect in, a, in one verse or whatever. Um, it, it gave the intimation that God needed us or something. You're talking about what a beautiful name. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that's the, it. The Hillsong that's thing. That, that Hillsong uh, thing. What is it? You didn't want heaven without that us, is, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. Yeah. And their intention yeah. saying God 
just wanted us to be with him versus and like didn't want us in hell versus like but what i hear is oh that sounds like god was incomplete without us yeah 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 that no that that's that one phrase that yeah that, that theologically incorrect phrase in the course and and i've heard people and this is happening even in our own city where where people are throwing the baby out with the bathwater on songs because of one let one phrase or they're even because of one company they're dismissing worship songs anyway so th- that was a little tangent um but um but yeah uh the the original the idea of original sin is 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 going to be with us it will always be with us but uh Wesley says and which I tend to agree with, and by your self-admission, you're leaning this way as well, <laughs> that because of his, his grace, we, we have a choice mm-hmm. to receive or reject salvation, which would be in effect, then God does not see the sin in our life. He sees new life in us. So... Anyway, so this just a real short discussion about this uh, this one topic of original sin. Uh, a lot of people put a lot more time and effort into it than you and I did in this yeah. this this podcast. And we'll, and we'll get here in terms of like, all right, well now what? Remember, none of these sermons are meant to be alone. Yeah. Then Wesley talks about, well, hey, if we're Christians, then um, and we're this sinful, then we keep on being sinful after we come to Jesus. Then what? And he talks through it like. Dude, the answer to original sin is better than you think. You are free from sin. God has conquered it for you. And yeah, we still go back and do the stupid stuff, but that is my decision. God has freed me from having to sin. And I find that John Wesley's hopefulness about Christians actually becoming like Jesus outstripes any other theological tradition that I've been in or experienced. Because he takes the Bible seriously when God talks about yeah, you're you're gonna be sinless. You're gonna be holy. I'm gonna sanctify you. And this original sin problem, that's the past tense, baby. There's hope for the future. Yeah, I, I'm excited to get there. It's just yeah, like, and, and, this, uh, and uh, this Sunday is July 9th. Uh, we're dropping this July six or whatever. So July yeah. 9th, July 9th. Yeah, you're gonna be talking about new birth, right? Repentance. Um, repentance. Marks of the new birth is the 23rd. Okay, tw- 23rd marks the new birth, but re- repentance. Is this week. Sermon number 14, and we'll get there, but a lot of the tone of this conversation in terms of, hey, we really should see our sin problem as bigger than it is, then it's John Wesley saying, all right, now what? Because that sin problem is still around, even though I am justified and legally okay with God. He's adopted me. I'm his kid. I look at my sin. What do I do about it? Um, And that's what you're going to be dealing with this week. And Yes, and I believe that it's one of the most important things for our church right now, for the church right now, and if I understand it right, there has not been a single major movement where God has done something big in the church that didn't start with people repenting. Yeah, and and I and I think I'm I'm reading a book by Mark Nisbonder right now, basically talking about the revivals. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, like the even the Asbury revival that just happened last year. Mm-hmm. It all started because somebody stood up in chapel. And repented. And repented. Yeah. Because God really wants to do some stuff with that. Like, God wants to do big things when his people repent. And I'm wondering if it's because he wants us to keep doing it. (laughs) Not that he rewards it, but he, like, 
meets us within that and does really cool things with it. And I want Jesus to do cool things here. Yep. I love that. That's a great idea. It starts with yep. repentance though. And that's more difficult. And, and not to, not to jump into your, your message this week, but the, the deal with, with, with the world that we see it now is nobody sees the need for repentance because, because they believe what I, the way I act, the way I believe, if I feel it's okay, it's okay. So I don't have anything to repent for, right? Even, even though we just talked about, yeah, we all, we all are in need of repentance because all of us have this original sin. So I pulled it back together somehow or another. Yeah, so, you did. All right. So thanks again, Nick. I look forward to uh, sharing with us July uh, 9th and then again the 23rd, talking about the marks of the new birth sort of, which which comes off this idea of original sin. So we'll be pushing it down the road a little bit. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Thank you for uh, hanging in there with us. And more Wesley stuff coming up July 9th and then a future podcast. Thanks for joining us.